Praise the Lord. You are listening to a word from the Lord, a radio and internet ministry of the Refuge Temple Church of Burlington, North Carolina. Refuge Temple Church is located in the heart of Burlington, NC at 152 North Main Street. Our pastor is Bishop Reginald J. Davis. Refuge Temple Church is a spirit-filled, Bible-believing, multicultural ministry ordained by Jesus Christ to serve him, his kingdom, and the community from Main Street to the world. We welcome you to join us now for anointed music and the word of God. Everybody give God praise right now. Come on, everybody in the house, give the Lord praise. Give the Lord praise. Please remain standing and go with me to the word of God that's recorded in the book of Genesis. Genesis chapter number 37. Genesis chapter number 37. And we're going to move around a little bit in this chapter. So please bear with us and follow us. Genesis chapter number 37. And we're going to read, first of all, verses 2 through 5 verses 2 through 5. So let's find ourselves there. Genesis chapter 37, verses 2 through 5. When you have it, would you say amen? These are the generations of Jacob. Joseph, being 17 years old, was feeding the flock with his brethren, and the lad was with the sons of Bilhah and with the sons of Zilpah, his father's wives. Joseph brought unto his father their evil report. Now Israel loved Joseph more than all his children because he was the son of his old age and he made him a coat of many colors. And when his brethren saw that their father loved him more than all his brethren, they hated him and could not speak peaceably unto him. Joseph dreamed a dream and he told it to his brethren and they hated him yet the more. Continuing in this same chapter, verse number, excuse me, number 11, and his brethren envied him, but his father observed his saying. A little bit further, verse number 18, And when they saw him afar off, even before they came unto him, came near unto him rather, they conspired against him to slay him. And they said one to another, behold, this dreamer cometh. Now therefore let us slay him and cast him into some pit. We will say some evil beast hath devoured him and we shall see what will become of his dreams. God bless you. You can be seated. I want to use for a thought this morning. Why do I hate Joseph? Why do I hate Joseph? We're still in this lesson on learning from mistakes. And our thought today is why do I hate Joseph? Most of us know the name Ahmad Arbery. He was a young man who was jogging through a neighborhood and three men decided to pursue him. 
because they thought there was something wrong with somebody of his, his ethnicity jogging in their neighborhood. In fact, when they made the 911 call, the only crime that they said was being committed was that there was an African-American man jogging through their neighborhood. They said they were going to conduct a citizen's arrest, but it ended in the death by one of their weapons on this young man. They were convicted around Thanksgiving. All of us saw that in a little place in Georgia. And that was not the end of the legal ramifications. All the men were convicted. They were sentenced to life in prison. But then federal charges stepped in that was tied to federal hate crimes. You know, it's against the law to hate people. Okay, amen goes right about that. It's against the law to hate people, especially when that hatred leads you to acts of violence or acts of um, hurt because of the hate that you hold against another person, especially if the hate is motivated by their ethnicity or their socioeconomic status or their gender, something like that, it is against the law to hate. And it's funny when you think about it because hatred is the source of most of the evils that are perpetrated upon humanity. Most of what we deal with, most of what we encounter, most of what we find ourselves challenged by stems to some great degree by hate. Even if it's not a crime, even if it's not an act of violence, it is still a source of hate, and that's why the Bible emphasizes the need for saints to be transformed from sin to salvation. And one of the things that should happen to all of us when we are to end that transformed life is that we should be able to be delivered from hate. And, and, and I know hate is real because, and I'm, I'm just going to be honest with you, I have been hated and I've hated. Maybe I'm the first preacher to tell you that. I've been hated and I've harbored hate. You don't have to agree with me and maybe you're so saved you never felt that before. But, but if I would be honest, I'd be a dishonest preacher if I told you that hate was something that only belonged to other people. I had to confront my own hatred. I had to deal with my own emotions. I had to deal with my own feelings. And I think sometimes the reason why some people don't get delivered is because they never confront the fact that despite all of my religiosity, I sometimes deal with hatred. Hallelujah, I deal with it. And so the Bible says this in 1 John chapter 3 and verse number 14, we know that we have passed from death unto life because we love the brethren. Now, I'm an apostolic tongue speaker, but this verse doesn't talk about tongue speaking, doesn't talk about jumping and shouting. How do we know we have passed from death unto life? Why? Because we have love for the brethren. Something on the inside has transformed us 
to the point that the people that we resented or hated, we are now able to genuinely and godly love them. Anybody been saved like that? Folk you had issues with, folks you had problems with, somehow you were able to love them. And here's the reason why. He that loveth not his brother abideth in death. I didn't write this. This is in the word. Jamie, come on, let's move the slide. Jamie, hallelujah. Whosoever hateth his brother is a murderer. And, a, knoweth, and you know that no murderer hath eternal life abiding in him. So, so, so it's, it's, it's not so much. Let me just tell you this. When you free yourself from hatred, you aren't just helping them. You're helping you. Okay, all right, all right. When you free yourself from resentment, when you free yourself from anger, you are not just freeing the person that you were angry or that you hated, you are freeing yourself. 1 John chapter 4 and verse 20 says, If a man say, I love God, hateth his brother, he is a liar. For he that loveth not his brother whom he hath seen, how can we love God? whom we, he have not seen. Nobody in this church has seen the Lord. In fact, because we're 2,000 years removed from the earthly ministry of Christ, we have not seen Jesus, who is God manifested in the flesh. And yet we claim we love a God that we haven't seen. But can you honestly look around this sanctuary and look at every face and look at every person and say honestly that I love them. Because that's the test of redemption. That's the test of salvation. That's the, that proves the veracity if your change is real. And, 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 and so I want to deal with this issue of hatred today because normally when we discuss hatred, we normally do it from the perspective of the hated person. I'm the hated one. I'm the one they're after. I'm the one that's the victim of hate. And all of us have been the victim of hate. But I want to deal with this from a slightly different perspective, but from those who are hating. Now, why, Bishop, are you going to deal? Because I want everybody that's fighting hate to be free from it. Because I know and you know, everybody knows that you can't see Jesus harboring hate. You can't be raptured. You can't be caught up. You're going to die and be lost. And, and, and that's the reason, if I'm going to be honest, that's the reason why I had to get over mine. Because the Lord said, you can't let this person or these people cause you to miss seeing me in peace. And I had to legitimately decide if that individual was worth me going to hell. Maybe y'all haven't had those kind of conversations with God, but I did. Where the Lord said, you've got to deal with this. Because, and, and, and let me just be real, you can give the visible acceptable response. You don't roll your eyes every time they walk in. You don't suck your teeth. You don't hunch your shoulders. You don't do a physical demonstrative demonstration of your disdain for people. But some of us can smile in hate. Lord, I wish I had an honest witness in this church. Some of us can grin and hate. Some of us can hug and hate. I'm preaching hard today. Some of us, hallelujah, can compliment and hate. Some of us can speak well of people and inwardly 
hate them. You know, and, and, and I've, I've had it both ways. I had somebody, two people, who literally were harboring anger against me because they accused me in their mind of having done something that they later found was untrue. And both of them met me on the steps of the church on Markham Street and said, Pastor, I have to tell you I'm sorry because for years I thought you did so-and-so and I hated you for it. And I wanted to hurt you. I mean, they literally wanted to do me physical violence because they had convinced themselves that I had done something that I had never done. And thank God they opened, the Lord opened their eyes. And they understood the person who was responsible finally acknowledged it and it was finally revealed. But imagine carrying years of hate because you assume someone had done something that they had not done. And, and, and I was thanking God. And when I walked away from the, from the encounter, I said, Lord, if they had died with that hatred, and these were saints, if they had died with that hatred, it would have carried them to judgment. You see, there's a reason why, and I'm going to tell you what the Bible says. The Bible says, be angry and sin not. Isn't that in your Bible? The Bible says, don't let the sun go down on your wrath, which means that we should be actively working to make sure we're not harboring anything that would hinder us in the long term. And, and that's, that, 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 that's, a, that's a discipline that you have to apply because everybody can feel like a victim that is justified in their hate. And that's why I want to preach this from the perspective of why do I hate Joseph? I preached about Joseph for years, but I've rarely talked about his brothers. But I think when you begin to analyze even the mindset of the brothers, you understand that in this particular passage, there's a need for deliverance. And the Lord dealt with me this week from the perspective of the brothers of Joseph. Who were Joseph's brothers? You know, Jacob, their father, had four different women in his life. Talked about this the last time I preached about Leah. And Leah was the first wife, but she was not the chosen wife because she, Jacob didn't want her. But Jacob married her anyway, and from Leah, came six sons, Reuben, Simeon, Levi, Judah, Issachar, and Zebulun. Then he had the, each of the daughters of Laban had handmaidens. And for some reason, Jacob adopted these handmaidens as his women, his harem, his, his, his collection of females. So from, from Bilhah comes Dan and Naphtali. From Zilpah comes Gad and Asher. And finally, Rachel is able to conceive. And from Rachel comes two sons, Joseph and Benjamin. So you have 12 sons by four different women. Everybody follow this story? Imagine you are wife two or four. Come on, talk to me, sisters. You wife two or four, and you got three kids over here, and so-and-so got six kids over here. Imagine the relation. I, I bet family dinner was something else. 
in Jacob's house. I imagine putting all those boys together. So you've got 10 different boys, and, and, and it's very clear, let's just be very clear, that the only woman that Jacob really loved was Rachel. He's got children by Bilhah. He's got children by Leah. He's got children by Zilpah. But the only woman he loved was Rachel. So imagine you being the child of Leah. Walk with me. Imagine you being the child of Zilpah. You being the child of Bilhah. And you're, you got a daddy, but you know daddy doesn't love your mommy. Come on, somebody. And even though you're his son, you know you're not the favored son. Because all through their lives, um, Jacob is waiting to have a child through Rachel. And suddenly, Rachel conceives. In fact, Rachel was so um, determined to conceive, she said to, to Jacob, if the Lord doesn't bless me to have a child, I want him to kill me. That's how desperate she was to give a child to her husband. So she has this baby, and, and Jacob is so excited about this baby. He loved his sons, but there was something different because Joseph came from the woman he loved. And the, and, and, and the only thing that really bound the other ten brothers together was they hated that baby Joseph. I don't know what it was about Joseph, other than the fact that they knew that Jacob loved them more. Now, we talk about this like it's a foreign story, but some of you know what it's like not to be the favorite child. You ain't gotta say amen. Some of you know what it's like for daddy and mommy to dote on your sister or your brother, but seem to seemingly ignore you. And I know people say, well, you grow out of some things, but you don't grow out of not being loved. You gotta be healed out of not being loved. Time alone will not cause you to get over the fact that you felt rejection as a child. And some of us right now are dealing with the dynamics of the rejection of our family environment. You know, I, I'm going to be honest. I ain't always like the Davises. And that's my last name. But I ain't always like them. In fact, I stayed away from the family reunion for about 25 years. Can we have some honest preaching? Didn't hate my family, but just didn't enjoy their company because of some things that had happened in the past. And, and, and that's why dealing with your past is the strongest element for deliverance that you can have. A lot of the stuff at the altar is us working out the stuff from the past. Who hurt us? Who turned against us? Who did us wrong? Who in some way injured us? That's why the Bible says, remember not the former things, neither the things of old. Behold, I do a new 
thing. And I came to tell somebody, you can't embrace the new thing till you let go of the old stuff. The old stuff. Now, what was interesting was I'm sure there was rivalry between all of these 10 brothers, but the one thing they had in common, and this is strange, but it's true, rivals and enemies can become friends when they have a common enemy. Somebody said that the enemy of my enemy is my friend because I hate him too. And it happens. You mention a name and somebody huffs and you look at him, oh, you don't like him either? No, I don't like him. And suddenly everybody's going in on this one person. So the question is, why do I I'm going to be Reuben. Why does Reuben hate Joseph? Because they knew that they were secondary in the eyes of their father. That no matter how hard they worked, no matter how hard they labored, no matter how hard they tried to please their father, they would never satisfy Jacob because they weren't Joseph. And that's why sometimes you got to get over who doesn't like you. Because their reason for not liking you is not anything you can control. Now, if you dislike me or hate me because of my attitude, my disposition, my behavior, my conduct, that's something I can fix. But some people will hate you just because you're you. And, and you've got to get past worrying about who dislikes you, who hates you, because you're you. Because I can't be anybody but me. Now, I love all of you, and I want all of you to love me. But if you can't love me, and i got to stop being Reginald Davis for you to love me, your pri the price of your love is too high. If I've got to stop being the person that God has ordained me to be, just to satisfy or to placate or to somehow soothe your ego. I can't stop that. So they resented him because in their eyes. Now, let me be clear about this. Now, just because a person sees you as being secondary, does that make you secondary? Just because they see you as second best. And, and this is a major problem with a lot of people. We have spent too much time trying to see ourselves through the eyes of other people. But when you understand what the Bible says, that I am fearfully and I am wonderfully made. Anybody here been made by God? Oh, if you made yourself, then maybe you can get, you, you, you can get upset. But if I know God did this, God made this, God created this, God formed this, and not only did God create this, but God saved this. Whew, God, somebody who's glad about what God made, give God praise right now. It was obvious that Jacob Love Joseph more. And you cannot help how people feel about you, but you are often blamed for it. Secondly, they resented the visible favor that was on Joseph, that Jacob put on Joseph. And, and it was visible because the Bible says that Jacob gave Joseph a coat of many colors. Now, 
A coat of many colors is not a big deal in today's fashion. You just need the right dye and the right machinery and the right technology, and you can do it. But back then, to make somebody a coat of many colors, you had to separately, oh God, dye each garment. And then you had to wait for it to dry. And then you had to sew each garment together. So it was a rare thing to have a coat of many colors. And then you got 11 other sons, but you only put the coat on one. 11 other sons. And you called Joseph out and put this coat on Joseph. Now, how many of y'all got more than one brother or sister? What would it feel like if mommy brought out your twin, the one oldest, the one youngest, and put this coat on them for no reason other than that he was your favorite? Think about this for a moment. A lot of us struggle because we think God has blessed somebody beyond us. We fight with that all the time. And, and, and it may be one reason why we've stopped having testimonies. Because testimonies were a time to praise God for what he had done but then people are listening to your testimony. And they're wondering, God, why did you do that for them? But I'm still here struggling. Anybody besides me had that thought? Okay, y'all real saved, y'all real saved. I've looked at the blessings of other people. All right, and, I, and I'm not a jealous person by nature, but I've looked at the blessings of other people and I've asked the Lord, why not me? One time I had a bout of jealousy and I had to call one of my spiritual fathers and say, I don't really like myself right now because I'm not a jealous person, but I'm struggling with this spirit of jealousy because you can look at what God is doing for somebody and wonder, Lord, why not me? I'm just as faithful. Sometimes I'm more faithful. I've heard women tell me this, Bishop, the girl that was easy in church got the husband. I live right and I don't have somebody. I've heard that said, that easy but wheezy, got a man. Chase Sally, still living by herself. Why is that? The guy that doesn't pay tithes got a promotion. And here I am giving my last. And sometimes I can't make ends meet. We've all had those questions. Please don't act like I'm the only one. The person that skips church for anything, buys a new house. Come on, somebody. I never miss a service, and I'm still living in the projects. You've had those thoughts. And the only way you get through those thoughts is when you acknowledge the word that says the steps of a good man 
are ordered by the Lord. Who shut up? God sometimes, can I be real? God sometimes takes the folks he loves through the most difficult seasons because he knows he can trust them to walk in integrity. He takes the ones that he loves, that love him the most, and they go through some of the stormiest situations because God knows they'll go through hell and give me the glory anyhow. Let me prophesy to you. The tougher your journey, the greater your victory. Oh, Shanama. And that's why you need to right now start giving God the praise to what might be the most challenging season of your life because it's in that challenging season that God's not just blessing you, he's making you. Oh, God, everybody stood up in prayer and said, Lord, make me. Have your way, Lord. And we don't always understand that that means a difficult road. And it also means sometimes trusting God to favor you and not man. Now let me just be real for a moment. I did a lot of things in church because I wanted to be favored by my leaders. I liked it when they told people how faithful Minister Davis was, how faithful Elder Davis was. And then I came to a realization that although a man can honor me, a man can't bless me the way God can bless me. And when I discovered that only God could bless me the way I needed to be blessed, I stopped trying to get the favor of people and I started chasing the face of God. Oh God, when you stop worrying about whether they like you or not, support you or not, believe in you or not, and all I need is God's favor to flow in my life, that makes the difference. Changes the dynamic. You stop doing stuff to be seen. And you start doing stuff so God will be glorified. Oh, God, you stop doing stuff so people will honor and recognize you and you do what you do because you love God. And it doesn't matter if you like the way I do it or how I do it. As long as God is glorified, that's the only thing that matters in this season. They resented this favor. Then they hated Joseph. Why do I hate Joseph? Because Joseph keeps having dreams. People are, and, and this was the part that I found the most, I could flow with the fact that daddy loved Joseph more. I got that. I could flow with the fact that Joseph had this coat that they didn't have. I could understand why they would feel left out. But I could not understand why they resented Joseph for his dreams. His dreams. The dream hadn't come true. It was a dream, right? Y'all ever had dreams? 
But yet, they resented him because the dreams spoke to Joseph's perception about his destiny. There are people uncomfortable with you right now because you have already said out of your mouth, God's going to bless my life. I might have had a rough start. I might have had a difficult journey. But because I believe in what God is going to do in my life and it's in my spirit. Oh, God. I need somebody in here that saw themselves in a place that they weren't in last year or last month or 10 years ago. But yet God has brought you to that place. But before he brought you there, he showed you. And that's why some people don't like your praise because they're looking at your praise trying to figure out why is somebody like you giving God the glory, your broke self, your sick self, your bound self, your troubled self, but you don't understand the magnitude of my dream. If you could see my dream, you'd understand my praise because I'm not glorifying God for what has already happened. I'm praising God right now for my shall be. Something, somewhere, what are dreams? They're images, they're flashes, they're revelations, they're glimpses into the future. And don't be upset if everybody doesn't co-sign with your dream. Because the Bible says, I have not seen. Who God. They look at you and they say, no, you ain't never going to do that. But you're not the source of the dream. Oh, God. And, and in fact, the, the brothers of Joseph got so angry, they thought that if I kill Joseph, I'll kill the dream. But when God ordains the dream, you can't kill the dream, nor can you kill the dreamer. Oh God, I need somebody in here that the devil tried more than once to destroy you. Tried to get you to destroy yourself. But there was too much destiny in my life. Saints, I know what depression feels like. And I know what it feels like to be so depressed that I was driving down a lonely road. Oh God, and I remember being so discouraged and being so depressed that the devil told me to turn the wheel loose. Nobody will know that you killed yourself. They'll have a big shout at your funeral because you're a faithful man of God. But I heard the Holy Ghost say to me, I didn't save you to die. I saved you to live. Oh, Shanama. And I came to remind somebody that the enemies tried to destroy, that the Lord didn't bring you out for you to die before your vision comes to pass. Oh, God, that's why I'm still alive. I hear your Holy Ghost. Because the vision is for an appointed time. Though it tarry, the Bible says, wait for it, for it will surely come, and it will speak and not lie. I need you to look down your room and tell your neighbor, live for your dream. Oh my God. The devil tried to kill you. The enemy tried to stop you. But the devil is a liar. I need to live for my dream. Come on, clap your hands. Shout hallelujah. I'm done. 
but I got a word for the haters. And the word I got for the haters is the very person that you're hating on might be the instrument of your deliverance. They hated Joseph, but when it was all said and done, it was Joseph that fed them. It was Joseph that protected them. It was Joseph that sheltered them. They said, we're your servants. And Joseph said to them, and you're real delivered when you can say this, that what you meant for evil, God meant it for my good. What you tried to use to take me down, what you tried to use to make me give up, God turned it around and he meant it for my good. I still believe the word that says all things work together. Anybody going through, but all things work together to them that love God, to them that are the called according to his purpose. For whom he did, for no, he predestinated to be conformed to the image of his son, that he might be the firstborn among many brethren. Moreover, whom he predestinated, he called, whom he called, he justified, whom he justified, he glorified. What shall we say to these things? If God be for us, I don't care who turns their back. If God be for us, shout hallelujah. by this broadcast today. If you desire prayer or want more information about our church, please call us at 336-570-3664. Again, that's 336-570-3664. You can also go to our website for more information about our ministry at www.refugetemplenc.com. Again, that's www.refugetemplenc.com. Pastor Reginald and Lady Charity Davis and the Refuge Temple family would like to invite you to worship with us whenever you are in the Burlington area. If this ministry has blessed you, please write to us at P.O. Box 3552, Burlington, N.C. 27215. That's P.O. Box 3552, Burlington, N.C. 27215 or email us info at refugetemplenc.com. That's info at refugetemplenc.com. God bless you, and until next time, shalom, shalom.